You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Friday, February 24th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about Ukraine using high-capacity batteries to stay connected. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. In January 2022, Valeria Shashenik uploaded a TikTok video of herself playing tourist in Paris. Red beret fresh croissants posing in front of the Eiffel Tower. A month later, her videos took on a much different character, touring the bombed-out buildings of her town, Chernihiv, Ukraine, racing for cover as the air raid siren sounded, reviewing the military rations served in her local bomb shelter. Through the next year, Shishenik's social media documented her life in the early days of the war, before seeking refuge in Western Europe and then returning to Ukraine. In October, Shishenik uploaded a video promising to show her followers how people live without electricity in Ukraine. More than three million people watched the tour of her darkened city, all set to George Michael's careless whisper. Since Russia invaded Ukraine a year ago, it has worked feverishly to stop Ukrainians like Shishenik from broadcasting to the world. Yet even with the power out, Shishenik continued streaming to the world. The enormous work that has gone on behind the scenes to make that possible is a story of resiliency, planning, and batteries. In the early days of the war, Russian airstrikes hit cell towers. Hackers targeted Ukrainian internet service providers, and soldiers cut fiber optic cables. In the areas that Russian forces managed to occupy, internet traffic was rerouted through Russia's heavily censored and aggressively monitored version of the internet. As the war raged on and Moscow's territorial ambitions were rebuffed by fierce Ukrainian resistance, Moscow resorted to even more desperate tactics, like shelling energy infrastructure, plunging Ukrainians like Shashenik into the dark. One thing that was demonstrated by the war is how important communication is for us. Yuri Shchihol, the head of Ukraine's State Service for Special Communications and Information Protection, said in a media briefing last month. When it's up and running, everyone thinks that everything is normal, and this is how things should be. But when the communication disappears, we realize that we cannot get in touch with our loved ones, with our relatives. From the first month of Russia's full-scale invasion, SpaceX's Starlink service helped keep Ukraine online, even as the country's communication infrastructure was being knocked offline. 
We cannot ignore the fact that Starlink has been the signal of life for Ukraine, Olha Stefanishina, a deputy prime minister of Ukraine, told journalists late last year. Our government has been able to be operational because I had Starlink over my head. While Starlink has been a critical stopgap, Kyiv has turned its attention to getting its regular infrastructure back up and running, thanks in no small part to SpaceX CEO Elon Musk's hot and cold routine with Ukraine. Just this month, SpaceX President and Chief Operating Officer Gwyn Shotwell said the company cut off Ukraine from using Starlink to connect its fleet of drones. Given this huge range of instability and the position of the SpaceX CEO from the willingness and then unwillingness to continue financial support, we're doing contingency planning for ourselves, Stefanishina said. That's where Shchiho's ministry comes in. Working with a private industry, his agency has laid or repaired 3,200 kilometers of fiber-optic cable and built or rebuilt 1,500 mobile base stations, another name for cell towers, since the war began. That work has returned Ukraine's mobile communications to about 77% of its pre-war capacity. The biggest problems are in the areas along the front lines, such as Zaporizhia and Odessa, and towns occupied by the Russians in Luhansk and Donetsk regions. Kherson, which was liberated in November, has had a particularly hard time getting back online. When the occupiers leave the occupied areas of Ukraine, they destroy the base stations, they destroy the fiber-optic cables. So in the south of the country, we rebuilt the internet from scratch, Stichol said during the press conference, adding that they have managed to repair about 20% of Kherson's infrastructure. That's only one part of the challenge, Stichol said. There's still the issue of electric power supply. Mobile base stations are normally hooked up to the power grid, using that electricity to amplify the cell signal to a broader area. During a power outage, an on-site battery kicks in to keep the tower running. If the outage persists, a crew could arrive with a diesel generator to keep powering the tower. That means Shashenik can keep uploading TikToks by candlelight in her neighborhood restaurant. But Ukraine hasn't just experienced a few short outages. Since October, it has faced an onslaught of attacks against its power grid, causing long periods of darkness. Ukraine responded by outfitting around 5,000 base stations with better generators. But those generators, and the diesel they rely on, are increasingly scarce, expensive, and in high demand everywhere in Ukraine. But they've been necessary, as the old lead batteries attached to its base stations only run for two or three hours, if that. So, Kiev has turned to a simple solution. Better batteries. High-capacity lithium-ion batteries mean the base stations, Shchichol said, should have reserve power sources for at least three days and they can recharge themselves when the power comes back online. Two of the biggest telecommunications firms in Ukraine have between them already sourced and installed 22,000 new high-capacity batteries. Shchichol said his ministry has identified another 8,000 base stations that need to become energy independent. With demand for those batteries only increasing as Russia mounts a more serious offensive to break a stalemate in eastern Ukraine, there is a scramble to source more. And not every cell company is about to source tens of thousands of those batteries on their own. The main reason why we can still talk and have access to the Internet, first of all, is because we have a very diverse market of Internet providers, says Vitaly Moros, a Kyiv-based outreach and support consultant for cybersecurity firm Equality. This is quite a good situation for the customers because they can switch from one ISP to another. The Montreal-based firm has stood up an array of tools to help Ukrainians defend themselves against Russian cyber attacks and connect Ukrainians living under occupation to uncensored news and information. 
creating peer-to-peer connections that aren't reliant on local internet access. Late last year, Equality began crowdfunding to source batteries for some smaller ISPs in Ukraine. The money they raised helped them buy 172 batteries from Poland. The shipment weighed about 6.5 tons. Some of those batteries went to a small ISP in Chernihiv, which services hundreds of large residential buildings in the north-central Ukrainian city. With just five batteries, which they received within this donation, it means that tens of thousands of residents of Chernihiv remain connected, Moros says, residents like Valeria Sheshenuk. The issue of connectivity is not very clear for everyone, Moros says, the morning after another wave of airstrikes on the country's energy grid. Ukrainians have, for example, apps or websites where they can follow all the air alarms, which may happen almost every day. Internet and mobile service in Ukraine is surprisingly good, even by American standards. Moros points out that for about $8 per month, Ukrainians can get download speeds of around 100 megabytes per second. People now need immediate information. They want to know right now what's happening, he says. So access to the Internet means security for people. It means being connected with their families and friends. Staying connected also means staying hopeful. When the Ukrainian army liberated Izium, which is near the border of Donetsk, they also liberated the residents from Russian propaganda, the only source of news for many in the city. They believed Kharkiv was also surrounded by Russians, and it was under Russian control, which is not true, Moros says. So all of this, the combined efforts to keep Ukraine connected, is because everyone understands that the ultimate goal of Russia is to demoralize citizens. Because if citizens are demoralized, the government will lose support, Moros says. Instead, it's the opposite. Civilians realize they might have some hardship in their lives, but still they manage to build their lives around all these difficulties. Equality is still raising money to purchase a new shipment of batteries to Ukraine. Stichol, meanwhile, is bullish that he could get Ukraine's mobile network back to 100%. But like many aspects of this war, Ukraine continues preparing for the worst. Late last year, after waves of brutal assaults on Ukraine's cities and critical infrastructure, President Volodymyr Zelensky announced the creation of thousands of points of invincibility across the country, in government buildings, pharmacies, gas stations, and banks. All basic services will be there, including electricity, mobile communications and the internet, heat, water, and a first aid kit, Zelensky posted on Telegram. Absolutely free and 24-7. The sites will be powered by generators and connected to the world via Starlink. This is what the Russian flag means, complete desolation, Zelensky said in another address in November. There is no electricity, no communication, no internet, no television. The occupiers destroyed everything themselves, on purpose. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, Alphabet laid off thousands of human workers and is also shutting down a unit working on robots that learn to open doors and clean tables. Checking in on Wired Science, electrical stimulation applied to the spinal cord temporarily restored arm and hand movement in two patients. And a warning for crypto buyers on wired security. One in four new tokens of any value is a scam. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. 
Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.